0: You're listening to the Biz Babes with Soul Podcast with your host, Melody Spencer, a show where female entrepreneurs get radically honest about life and business. Today's episode is sponsored by Swiftly Social Digital Marketing. Swiftly Social helps people create a heart-centered digital marketing and Facebook ads strategy that gets you results. For a free video tutorial on how to grow your Facebook following by 10,000 or more, Visit SwiftlySocial.com.
1: Hey guys, welcome to the Biz Babes with Soul podcast. I'm your host, Melody Spencer, and today I'm very excited to have my friend Keegan White here today. So Keegan is a life and mindset coach, and she and I met uh, just a few weeks ago at Entrepreneur City Live, where I was a speaker and she was an attendee, and she and I connected right away, and turns out small world, we know some of the same people. This entrepreneur world, especially the female entrepreneur world, is super duper small, guys. I feel like I know the same like 10 people over and over again. (laughs) So you guys are going to love talking to Keegan. So let's introduce her. Welcome Keegan. Hey, thanks so much for having me. Yeah. So tell everybody a little bit about you and what you do. So I am a
0: life and mindset coach and I specifically work with women in their forties who have spent a lot of time focusing on either their careers and or raising their families and they hit Mm -hmm. 40 and you start looking around and you're like, is this it? Is this all that life is? And so I specialize in really helping these women get connected to who they are, who they want to be in the world, so that they can be really fulfilled in their career and in their families.
1: That's great. That is definitely needed. And I don't think it even just applies to women in their 40s. I mean, I've felt like that before in my 20s because I thought, what did I work for? Like, why did I go to college? Why did I work so hard if this is all that there is to life? Right. Right.
0: Absolutely. Yeah.
1: Yeah so how the heck did you get to where you are like why did you become a life and mindset coach take us um, back on that journey
0: right so man my journey is has lots of twists and lots of turns and it has not been a straight or an easy road and I wouldn't have it any other way so um, you know just a little bit about how I've come to be where I am today, is I grew up in a small town in the South, um, really middle class, never, you know, went for, without, any, you know, was given a lot in my life, and um, on the outside looking in, things looked like, this kid's going to be really successful when she grows up, kind of thing, mm-hmm. and, um, you know, for me, I really started struggling with mental illness in middle school, and, you know, middle school's hard for... I think a lot of people, um, for me personally, it was just this crash course into hormones and, um, feelings. And I was always even, you know, as a small child, very explosive with my anger, um, didn't know how to deal with my feelings, didn't know how to deal with my emotions. And, um, so even from just a very small age really started struggling with depression and it runs in my family and and i would say at 17 that was the first time i was put on antidepressants and also at 17 my mom and i were really really close when we were growing up when i was growing up and um at 17 she had this disease called sarcoidosis it's a very hmm. rare disease and she found out that she had it in her 20s, it became inactive um, for 30 years. And then um, when I was 17, it became active again. And so from there, she um, literally overnight, our lives changed, she was put on oxygen. And, um, you know, as close as we were, we didn't really talk about the impact of her getting that sick that quickly, and how it affected the family and how it affected me. And so um, I went off to college, did not know how to handle all these feelings, all these emotions, I was on antidepressants, I had all these, all these things going on and um, found alcohol and just found myself drinking all the time because mm-hmm. when I started drinking, my worries went away, my you know, sadness went away. Yeah what also happened is that anger that was already inside me was really coming out. So Mm -hmm. I really struggled with alcohol all through college. Um, My mother passed away while I was in college. And then from there I I did manage to graduate because, you know, college was not going to school was not on the top of my list during that time. Mm -hmm. I really enjoyed studying and I was really struggling and I was sad. And so I, I did manage to graduate from college. And, you know, once that happened, I was so lost and so deeply sad without her in my life that I kind of wandered around for a few years and then met a guy and he was a drug dealer and we ended up um, getting addicted to crystal meth. And that just took me to a very different part of my addiction very, very, very quickly, and it was a it was a really tumultuous time in my life. There was a lot of abuse, a lot of mental and emotional and physical physical abuse with that relationship and um, you know finally got to the point where um, I just couldn't continue to live like that anymore it was, yeah. it was such a difficult time in my life, and so from there, I went into treatment, and that was been over twelve years ago. And that, you know, not only did I get clean and sober during that time, but I also that was that was the pivotal point in my life when I started down this major transformational personal development journey. And so, um, I was heavily involved in twelve step programs for the first five years of my recovery. And it's like I ate, slept, and breathed mm-hmm. twelve steps, and I needed that safety net to really keep me clean and sober and then uh, about five years clean I was like okay this is cool I've I've done this and I've immersed myself in this culture and what else what else is out there and so I went through yoga teacher training and that opened me up to a whole new world because then I decided gosh I don't want to be on these antidepressants anymore and I went off antidepressants which you know I have to say that that was in some ways harder than coming off of crystal meth Mm, (laughs) yeah it was no joke coming off of those, but. Um, from that experience of, you know, being involved in 12 step program and then being involved heavily in teaching yoga. And really that was another introduction, another layer of mindset work. And I started realizing, you know, in, in the 12 step fellowship, we're really taught that we as addicts, we think differently from other people. And what I learned through teaching yoga is we as human beings, we all think differently the same shit. Oh. We all have similar reactions and feelings. The, the difference between a, quote, regular person, end quote, and a drug addict is that, yes, we do tend to take things to extremes, mm-hmm. but that our, the our way we feel about ourselves, our self-esteem, the way we think about ourselves, the way we speak to ourselves, that is not an addict problem. That is a human being problem. So then I got really interested in, you know, what, what is this ego? What is this inner critic? And how do we so often? So when clients show up to me, they don't realize that their ego or their inner critic is a part of them. They think that is who they are. They think that is who they become. So I love teaching them no, that's that is a part of you and you get to use that to work for you rather than against you. Mm-hmm. Yeah.
1: Wow. Yeah, so that's, like, a really long book to be. <laughs> no, that's a great story. I'm just like, wow, that's a lot. Like, that could be a book. You should write a book. I'm working on it. <laughs> Yay! Well, the forthcoming author, Keegan White, that's awesome, because that is such an inspiring story. And, you know, it's interesting to go back to your thoughts about, like, middle school. Like, I was the same. I struggled with depression since – middle school and honestly I think before that and I think a lot of people just assume that that's a thing that like teenagers and Mm preteens are going to get over Mm
0: -hmm.
1: and it's just a part of life but when it carries on into your 20s 30s 40s and then there's all this stigma and the shame and it's not even it's not about like oh it's just a phase and then it's like oh well what's wrong with you so it's really interesting to have somebody else bring that up
0: Absolutely. And you know, what's really interesting is that this is a chemical imbalance and Mm -hmm. so it doesn't matter. And and this is, I'm saying this coming from, you know, being a mindset coach is that um, the difference between, you know, when you've got a chemical imbalance, you're, you're, you're literally your brain is not making serotonin. It's not making mm-hmm. dopamine. So there is no amount of mindset, work, meditation, whatever you name. There's no amount of that that you can do. That's going to shift you out of that way of thinking. It is literally, you've got to take something to to supplement that. So um, I no longer take um, antidepressants. I, in the last few months have been taking amino acids and, mm-hmm that has been a game changer. I work with a functional doctor. So a little different than the traditional Western doctor. Mm -hmm. Um, He has been trained in Western medicine. He's also been trained in um, functional medicine. And so he has really guided me and taught me about amino acids. And so I'm sharing that because, you know, I've, pretty sure you're going to have somebody listening to this podcast who's going to maybe they're on antidepressants maybe they're not or maybe they want to come off or maybe they're needing something and there are alternatives out there that mm-hmm. can support you without going into taking antidepressants
1: yeah that's really interesting you're not the first person to have mentioned that um and i i do take an antidepressant and I, it's been a relatively new thing like i've you know like i said i've struggled with depression most of my life but I was never brave enough to ask for medicine. So I've only been on medicine for a few years, but I've been hearing more and more about amino acids. And so I'm like, hmm, maybe I should look into that because I don't like putting chemicals in my body. I don't, I don't like taking medicine. So that's interesting. Yeah. And, and
0: you know, as somebody who has been on them completely clean and then went off, off of them, that was really really challenging and you know i think the the saving grace when i went into treatment for drugs and alcohol was that you're in this facility for 28 days so you literally don't have to work you're in this container of other people doing the same thing you're going to therapy every day so you're in this safe container to detox and come off of drugs and alcohol you come off antidepressants you know unless you again unless you go into a facility what happened for me is i came off of this stuff and i was like still having to function. I still had to go to work, still had to have conversations with people. And that's why it was so challenging because it wasn't just a 28 day thing. It was months and months of coming off of that.
1: Yeah. That's really interesting. So sorry guys, sidetrack, side but yeah. it's interesting. So how did you turn all this passion for mindset work and for holistic living and all that? How did you turn that into a business?
0: You know, it's so funny. It wasn't something that I really set out to do. It kind of, I fell into it. Um, Like I said, I've been sponsoring women and working with women in some capacity for well over a decade. And when I started leading yoga teacher training and really teaching in that capacity, I realized just how much I love to teach and love to support People in in transformation, and so I had gotten to a point where I was teaching yoga so much um, that I was getting really had been burned out for a while, and was Mm -hmm. really starting to look at okay, what is the next thing for me to shift into? And literally, a friend of mine was who was a business coach was like. You should go into coaching. And I was like, I don't really even know what that means.
1: <laughs> so, <laughs> <laughs> it's such a it's such a vague word. And I don't know about you, but I feel like everybody and their dog now is a coach. It's like mm-hmm. oh, I'm a coach. I'm a finance coach. I'm a business coach. And I'm like, Really? All of your coaches? Seriously? Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Right? <laughs> yeah. Interesting.
0: Mm -hmm. Yeah, so that's, you know, for me, um, I looked at, you know, what do I want to be doing? Who do I want to be serving and helping? And, um, and so I literally hired a business coach and Learned how to put a program together and learned how to sell a program and started learning the back end of because you know, like the transformational piece, I've got that down. It's mm-hmm. you know, shifting that into them becoming a businesswoman was that was a crash course, and that was I couldn't imagine not having a business coach to support me through that just because. You know, I'm always amazed, especially because I come from the yoga world. I'm always amazed at the the teachers that are phenomenal teachers, but then they decide they want to go open a studio, and then they just go open a studio, but they don't have any business experience. And so, mm-hmm. for me, just shift into you know from being a coach into being a businesswoman, I had to get some help with that because I majored in dance in college, so <laughs> you know, I don't I didn't have a lot of business sense, so to speak. So that that was definitely that's the entrepreneur ride has been fun.
1: Yeah. yeah, that's interesting. So I that's part of the reason I just started this membership site is because I realized that there's a lot of women out there who want to start their own businesses or who have started, but they have no business know-how whatsoever. Mm-hmm. And I was in that place when I first started my business. Like I knew marketing, mm-hmm. but I had never owned my own business. So I just was like, well, here I go. I'm jumping in. And yeah. good Lord, I made so many mistakes. Like what in the what? Why would anybody do that? <sighs> so I don't want women to have to go through that. I want to want them to be like, okay, here's how you find your clients. Here's how mm-hmm. you file your taxes. This is, you know, all the nitty gritty. I want people to be able to do that without laying on the floor and literally crying. Like I've had to do so many times. Yeah. Yeah. So what, what has been your biggest challenge in this world of learning to be a business owner?
0: Oh, just one. (laughs) Let me
1: see. (laughs) What's that? You don't have to choose just one. Just just a few. You know, I think
0: um, probably one of the biggest challenges I faced in the beginning was Going from a place of service, um, being in a twelve-step fellowship where you where you do so much out of service, out of giving back, out of you're doing it because a you want to help this person, but in return it helps you stay clean. So it's this exchange of energy, but it's you know volunteer, and then moving into the teaching yoga, it's that same kind of like martyrism where it's like. We're gonna teach fifteen classes a week, you know, and make you know minimal money, minimal ma- minimal wage or something, barely making ends to get by, and so that kind of martyr syndrome shifting into running a business can be really debilitating, and so. Um, I think one of the biggest challenges for me was getting on board with the fact that now I'm a business owner. Now I've got to charge money. Now I've got to ask for money. Oh, yeah. you know, there was like all this crunchy stuff that would come up around worthiness and value and you know what can I charge and that, ooh, that feels so big. And so that was in the beginning. A huge stumbling block was getting over um, asking for money.
1: Yeah, that is so scary. I, I've gotten better about it now. I've learned to stand in my power in that way. But, gosh, it was so hard in the beginning to be like, oh, these are my prices, but I'll totally change them for you because, <laughs> like, just being flip floppy, which looks really unprofessional when you're totally changing your prices every other person you talk to. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. So now I am just like, these are my prices. They're on my website. Like here you go. I literally had somebody on the phone the other day say, well, how can you, how did she put it? She was like, how do you justify those prices? I'm like, um, I have 10 years experience. I have hundreds of satisfied clients. Mm -hmm. Um, and also this is cheap compared to people who are my colleagues in the industry. Mm -hmm. And I also thought, I don't know if you've experienced this, because I know we both mostly work with women, but I've noticed men when they're pitching me their services, they never wiggle on their prices. They're just Mm -hmm. like, this is my price, here it is, take it or leave it. But we as women always just want to accommodate people and be like people please. And so we tend to wiggle more and I've kind of just started to act more masculine and just be like, no, this is it. Take her to leave it.
0: (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. And I, I know for me in the beginning, I would definitely do that or, you know, I, I would, I would, like I would cringe when I would cringe when I would do it. I would cringe when I would get off the phone, especially, but I I would Mm. be on the phone with someone and I would want to help them. Like I knew that if they worked with me, I knew that I could give them the transformation. I work like I knew we could create that transformation together. But hearing them, you know, say I don't have the money, then I would be like, well, what if we extend the payments and it would like mm-hmm. drag it out like twenty four yes. months or something?
1: I, I've done that for somebody before, and then they didn't even pay all of it.
0: Yeah, right, right, and then. You know when I've done that, or, or or I'll come back and be like, well, maybe I can. You know, da 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 da, and it just feels so bad.
1: <laughs> uh-huh. It feels desperate. With yeah.
0: de- and and you know I teach a lot about energy, and that is something that when you show up to a call or you show up to a conversation and you show up with that kind of desperate please 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 sign energy I'll do anything and you might not even realize that you're showing up with that kind of energy but when we show up with that energy the other person immediately can sense it and so while we're going please 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 they're immediately throwing their blockers up whether they realize it or not because of the energy exchange mm-hmm. so it is so important that we do the work so that we can stand in our own power and and be able to say yes these are my prices in the story.
1: Yeah, because it's the I, same for you and for me. I know it. sometimes in the online world, it feels like, oh, there's too many of us. Like, no one's ever going to want to work with me. Mm-hmm. But there are literally millions and billions of people who would want to work with us. There's enough fish in the sea for all of us people, like never, I've been in that scarcity mindset before, and I've even caught myself there last week, I was like, oh gosh, I got to pay taxes, and like, oh, I was like, need some new clients, and I was like, you know what, no, it's going to work out, and today, I've had three back-to-back potential client calls, because the universe always provides, like things are always going to happen, you just can't live in that, oh gosh, I need a client, I need money, (sighs) that scarcity mindset all the time because right. it's not going to work. Right. It's not. And
0: so it's like, you know, I was thinking about this earlier today was the the phrase, you have got to act as if, mm-hmm. and it, you know, when you show up to these calls or you show up, you know, you've got to do the work before and you've got to do the mindset work before him because underneath the energy is a belief Right. And so you want to clean up what is your belief around your value? What is your belief around money in general? Mm-hmm. You know, like if you've got a scarcity mindset around money, that's going to show up in all areas in your sales. It's going to show up in how you invest. It's going to show up in who you work with. It's going to also be a reflection of your clients. So your clients, who, who shows up to you is a direct reflection of who you are and where, where you are right now in this moment.
1: Yeah, that's, that is so true, guys. If you don't get anything else out of this conversation, take that little nugget because that is huge. That took me years to learn because mm-hmm. I kept being like, why am I getting all these shitty ass clients? And it was because I was not charging my worth. I did not stand in my power and I wasn't, I wasn't... Um, what's the word? Like I just wasn't bragging about my accomplishments. Mm. I was just like, oh, here I am. Like doop doop." Yeah. When I had all this other great stuff going on, I just was too scared to step up and push that forward into the world. But since I've been doing that in the past year and a half, major things have happened for me. And I know they can happen for you guys too. You just, I know it's easier said than done. <laughs> but it really it really can change your life if you just kind of step into that
0: mm-hmm. yeah and it, and it is about that's something I'm working with um with my own coach is is really stepping into being the woman the businesswoman, the the coach the speaker the author the the person that I want to be not waiting until I'm that person to mm-hmm. and acting but bringing her to me as I am right now, like pulling her here so that I can experience what it's like to be that confident, that, that graceful, that, you know, whatever it is right here, right now. So that I, it's more about embodying versus just telling yourself over and over, but really embodying who you want to be.
1: Yeah. That's definitely easier said than done. Cause mm-hmm. I know when I first heard the phrase, like act as if I was like, what am I supposed to like, go buy a boat or, like, a house and, like, with money I don't have and, like, stay in expense, like, because people are like, oh, you've got to act like a millionaire. You've got to act. And I'm like, what the hell does that mean? (laughs) Like, that makes no sense. But it is kind of true. You have to kind of exude that confidence, exude that um, power to make that power attract to you.
0: Absolutely. Like, you know, we talked about, we work, we work from home. And so for me right now in this moment, I'm wearing a really snazzy outfit. I did my makeup. I didn't do my makeup. She looks
1: really cute guys. I saw her in the video. I do not. That's why the video is not recorded because I am not acting as if I am cute today. I am acting as if I am a homeless person. (laughs) Not really. No, but anyway.
0: Yeah. but that's that's part of my new commitment to myself is is to show up to to speaking events or even when I sit down and write to my email list that I'm making an effort and and, and an effort to be the person that I want to be. And so um, I working from home, which is a blessing and a curse, but I realize that you know, for me, like being in my pajamas all day long, while that works for me, previously, it's it's just not going to work for me anymore.
1: <laughs> yeah, no, I, I totally feel you on that because a few, like a week or so ago, I did that. Like I I looked really nice and my husband came home and my friend came over and she was like, you're wearing clothes. It's like, you look so nice. And I was like, oh God. Okay. So mm. apparently I should look more like a human being sometimes. <laughs> um, but it does put you in a different energy in a different mm-hmm. space. And I felt more confident and I wanted to record videos and I wanted to like do video calls. And, you know, I just felt better about myself than in my gross pajamas and with dirty hair. So mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, wow. Well, this has been so much fun. Keegan, can you tell everybody where they can find you if they want to work with you?
0: Yeah, absolutely. So it's www.keeganwhitecoaching.com. And that is spelled K-E-E-G-A-N, white like the color, and then coaching.com.
1: Awesome. And is there anything that you want to promote um, or anything like that that's going on that you want people to check out when they listen? So I have a free gift that will be on that website, and
0: that free gift is a guided visual meditation, and that helps women acknowledge the inner critic, acknowledge the ego, because so often we get so pissed off at the ego or the inner critic. And the thing is, the inner critic or the ego, it's the same thing, but it's a necessary part of who we are. And so it's important to acknowledge it for what it's doing, which it is trying to keep us safe. And so we want to acknowledge that part of us, but then we also want to not give it, release its power so in the in the visualization you're driving a car and you're visualizing the EO getting into the back seat and you're visualizing the, the other part of you, your higher self your more authentic self getting in the driver's seat and taking charge and so it's just it's a beautiful way to acknowledge and heal that part of you but then also to take the authentic part of you and let it be in the driver's seat
1: I love that. Okay, guys. Well, you guys are going to have to go check out that fantastic visual meditation from Keegan on her website. Thank you again for being here. I've just loved this chat. Yeah, thank you so much, Melody. It's been wonderful. Yeah. All right, guys. Until next time, we'll see you. Bye. Thank you for joining me for the Biz Babes with Soul podcast. Don't forget to like, subscribe, and share with your friends. To learn more about me, Melody Spencer, and the show, please visit swiftlysocial.com